0: Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. While there are some passages of scripture that seem relatively clear and easy to understand, there are others that seem more confusing and convoluted. And while there are some passages of Scripture that give us great comfort and relief, there are others that make us bristle with discomfort. And I suspect that today's parable does both, perhaps. As Philip said last Sunday of parables, parable comes from the Greek parabole, Greek para, which means to throw, And bole, which means alongside. So a parable throws alongside. Something known with something unknown. And so in these parables, Jesus gave us earthly stories to help illuminate a heavenly meaning. At the same time, if you were at our parish conversation yesterday about fostering unity across race, you will have heard a clip from Dr. Amy Jill Levine, a Jewish New Testament scholar who said so well about parables. She says, parables are not statements of the obvious. If we hear a parable and think, isn't this nice? Isn't this lovely? We may be hearing it through our ears. We are not hearing it through first century Jewish ears. Because those first century Jewish ears knew that parables were designed to provoke or to indict. And beyond being confusing, today's parable is certainly provocative. And it has befuddled scholars and preachers for generations, so lucky me. (laughs) As with other recent parables, and like the story we will hear next week, we hear today another story of a rich man. This time, a rich man who had a manager. In this parable, the manager was charged with squandering the man's property, presumably for the manager's own benefit, though that's not entirely clear. And if any of you has served as a manager, employed a manager, or worked under a manager, you'll know especially well That blatant mismanagement usually has one outcome, and it's not good. Faced with that looming consequence, we hear the manager plot his strategy with his inner dialogue. What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So he goes to each of his master's debtors and one by one reduces their debts. And then comes the most unexpected twist. Rather than admonish the steward for significantly reducing what was owed to him, the rich man commends the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. He commends him because he acted shrewdly. Maybe the manager was simply reducing debts to their actual value. Maybe the manager was settling debts that should have been forgiven already. Maybe the manager was simply just plain Robin Hood, stealing from the rich man to give to the poor. Or maybe all of it would have just made more sense to those first century Jewish hearers at the time, and less so to us now. But whatever the reason, the result is the same. The rich man tips his cap to the manager, because the manager was shrewd, maybe even just as shrewd as him. What does it mean to be shrewd? Maybe you think of clever, like a shrewd businessman or woman who finds a new strategy to maximize profits, minimize losses, and quickly grow a good profitable business from the ground up. Or maybe you think of a different, slightly different connotation, like cunning, like the spammer who deceitfully calls to tell you that you owe the IRS money and have to pay them immediately or you will face jail time. Or maybe you associate shrewd with a more archaic definition, mischievous, which makes me think of my sister-in-law's cats. Sweet yet cunning, cuddly, yet crafty. There is no height they can't reach, no door that they can't open, and no boundary that they will not cross. I learned this watching them for several weeks last summer. And then there is this most negative connotation of all, which is really the original Old English meaning of the word shrewd, evil. So, with all of its definitions, positive, negative, anything in between, it's a word that provokes different conflicting feelings. And here in this parable from Jesus, we hear again that the master commends the manager for being shrewd. Shrewd because knowing that he was guilty of mismanagement, knowing that the end of his position was near, uncertain about what the future would hold, and knowing that he was unfit or thinking at least, for manual labor and too proud to beg, the manager cleverly reduces the large debts owed the master. Now in the case of the rich man whose steward just forgave a lot of debt on his behalf and who presumably is now being showered with honor and praise for forgiving debt, imagine being the rich man in that situation and going back to all the debtors and saying, actually, just kidding, you still owe me all that money. The master is stuck. The debts had already been reduced, the manager had acted shrewdly. Shrewdly, not because of what he had dishonestly done with the property before, squandering it, but because he now took what was in his responsibility and was crafty for the good of others an act so clever that despite all of his previous squandering the master now commends him it's confusing it's provocative and if that story isn't provocative enough for you jesus adds this great zinger at the end you cannot serve god and wealth No conditions given or qualifications offered. The statement is pretty clear. Now this seems like an unwise message to hear and to deliver at this point of the year as we prepare to begin our stewardship season here at St. James. However, it might be among the most important, because it is true Jesus wasn't fudging the truth. You cannot serve God and wealth because we serve God from our wealth. When we love and serve God, we do so with our whole selves, including all that we manage, all that we steward. And that means, then, that how we use what we have, how we use our resources, matters. It matters to God. Amidst all the confusing, provocative elements of this story, intentionally provocative, Jesus says that the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. In other words... As you see others being shrewd in this world, be shrewd as well. But be shrewd not just for yourself. Be shrewd for God. And in doing so, be shrewd for others. Because like the dishonest manager, even when we squander what God has given us, it's never too late to be shrewd, for something so important. It's always better to start now than not at all. Because as you may have heard me preach a few weeks ago, our money and our possessions are not separate from our faith. They are actually part and parcel of how we live our faith every day. How we turn our faith from a static idea into an active relationship with God. As Jesus says, you cannot serve God and wealth because serving God means serving from our wealth and everything we have, however much or little that may be. So be shrewd by being wise, clever, and dare I say, maybe even a little mischievous for God and for others. And in doing so, you will be richly blessed in this life all the way to life eternal.